This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Amen. How many people are fired up about the Lord? Amen. Because God's fired up about you. Amen. Well, today is Healing Sunday, glory to God. And, you know, I don't know about you, but, but I want to walk in more health. How many people want to walk in more health? And, you know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. And whatever you hear, whatever you feed your faith on, that's what you're going to be partaking of. And I want, I want to feed my faith on health and healing and wholeness and soundness and preservation. Amen. I want to feed my faith on that. So, so because, because that's how we receive from God is by faith. Amen. Let's just go in prayer before we get started. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness. And I, I just ask that you make my tongue as a pen of a ready writer speaking your very words. And give us hearing ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And we endeavor to give you all the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So the title of the sermon is Divine Healing Secrets. And I, I, I received this, um, there's a, a man called, uh, his name was John G. Lake, and he was an evangelist. I don't know if you ever heard of John G. Lake. And he was a healing evangelist, and he lived in Spokane, Washington. And he actually raised, he had people that he raised up to uh, teach on, on how to get people healed, amen? And so, um, so these are like keys that he taught. And when he, he taught people how to pray for the sick, and they, and they got really great results. So in my ministry today, I'm not only going to teach you uh, how to receive your healing, but I'm going to also teach you how to pray for the sick so they can be healed. Amen? And so th- this is, these are powerful secrets. And this is from a man that walked in divine healing and taught people how to do the same thing. And uh, they, they, they recorded that Spokane, Washington was the healthiest uh, city in the nation. Amen. And so uh, I don't know about you, but I, I, I would like Virginia Beach to be the healthiest city in the nation. Amen. And how is that going to happen? Through us. Amen. Because we're going to be praying for the sick. Amen. And whenever there's an opportunity, you should always pray for somebody that's dealing with sickness or that's suffering. Amen. Amen. So, so we need to, uh, uh, point number one, we need to get rid of any ideas why a person should not receive healing or deliverance. In other words, sometimes when we get saved, we think only Christians, you know, if we're in the covenant uh, of blessing, that only we, sometimes we think it's only for Christians. No, healing is for everybody. Healing is not just for the Christian. Healing is for really, it's really for the sinner. Amen? Amen. Someone says that healing is the dinner bell for the sinners. Amen? In other words, a lot of times these people that don't know God, when, when, when they experience healing and, and they know that they're not living their life right, it's the goodness of God. Can somebody say the goodness of God? That brings men to repentance. And so when God's goodness is on display, people are drawn to him. Would you, would you say that? Amen. So it's the goodness of God. Say the goodness of God. Amen. And I'm glad that we serve a good God. Amen. 
And so we, we have to get rid of these ideas. Sometimes we have an idea that because, you know, even in our own makeup, that maybe we didn't live a, uh, a great life before we got saved or that, that we, we had some sin in our life in the past or um, maybe that uh, uh, the reason why, you know, some of you might be seeking healing. The reason why you're not healed right now, you're, you're, you're in the process of seeking healing, is because of your past and, uh, or, or because you're not living righteous enough. Amen? In other words, sometimes we question ourselves, am I doing enough? Have you ever questioned that? Lord, what do I need to do more to get healed? <laughs> or what am I doing wrong? Have, I, have you ever prayed a prayer, Lord, what am I doing wrong? Why aren't things working? Well, I, I, I think things are working as long as we're believing. Amen. You have to believe, and the enemy is going to work on doubt and unbelief, even when we're believing in the process of healing. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so we've got to get a revelation that our sins are under the blood. We got to get a revelation that if we're walking with God and we're, we're walking right with God, then, then, then the, our sins are, are thrown in the sea of forgetfulness. And we have to get a revelation that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. And so I like what it says in Hebrews 8 12. It says, uh, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. So I love that uh, in the Old Testament it says that God, you know, chooses not to remember our sins for not our sake, for his sake. Why would God choose not to remember your sins? Because God has such an overwhelming desire to bless you. Oh, man. I'm going to say that again. God has an overwhelming desire to bless you. And he doesn't want anything to stand between him and you for the blessing. So he's willing to forego and let go of our misses and our weaknesses to get the blessing to you. I love that. So, so if, we're, if we're walking with God and we're believing for healing... Amen. Then, and, and there are some areas in our life that we need to adjust or get right. Then we just, just need to adjust and get right in those areas. I like what it says in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from some unrighteousness. That's right. So, so he, can, he doesn't just cleanse us from some unrighteousness. He cl- Amen. Are you listening to me this morning? He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I want to say this. As Christians, you are not under the law. You're not under the law. You're under grace. And the Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you. I love that because you're under grace. In other words, we're, why am I saying sin? Let's just change it. You can say sickness does not have Dominion over you. Why? Because you're not under the law. You're under grace. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? You're under the grace of God. You're not under the law of God. You're under the grace of God. And the Bible says where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Where sickness abounds, God's grace for healing abounds much more. Do you believe that today? So we got to get a revelation of that, 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 that as we confess our sins, he is faithful and just 
uh, to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I like what it says uh, uh, in John 2, reading down a little bit further. It says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the perpetuation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. I love that because it's saying here, you know, we're not perfect. Any, do I have any perfect Christians in here? But we are in a process of being perfected. We're not perfect, but hopefully we're moving towards perfection. Hopefully we're getting a little better. Ho- hopefully we're not getting worse. Amen. Hopefully we're getting better. So we're moving in a, a state of perfection. But I love this. It says, it says here that if, if uh, he says, my little children, if anyone sins, uh, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins. What does that mean? Jesus paid the price. He, he suffered, you know, uh, on the cross as well as he suffered stripes on his body. For, for, for us, he, he suffered the punishment of our sin so that we could have the blessing of his righteousness. I love that. So if Jesus suffered, why, then we shouldn't be suffering. In other words, it would be vain for us to suffer for something that he has already suffered for. Amen? I love that. Uh, I like the, even disciples, when we're talking about sin, the disciples, you know, and we, we tend to connect sin with sickness. And sometimes it does go hand in hand, but not all the time. Because, you know, we live in a corrupt world. We live in a, uh, a, a world that's, that's corrupt. And, 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 and we, we are born into this world where there's sin that's all around. And there is a law of death that's operating in this world system. And you can operate in either or. You can either operate in the law of life or the law of death. Well, doesn't the Bible says that death and life are, or de- death and life are in the power of the tongue? So by how we think and what we speak... We're either operating in the law of life in Christ Jesus or the law of death. And so we have to start thinking right. Look at John 9, 1 through 7. This is really good. And this is Jesus and he's going to heal a blind man in this story. And it says, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind. It's interesting that they asked that because uh, the Jews thought maybe um, that you could s- sin in the womb. <laughs> and so they, it's funny how, how, how we have some erroneous ideas about things that's not scriptural. And so here uh, they were saying, who sinned? Was it the parents' sin that brought on the, the sickness of this man or the blindness of this man? Or was it his sin? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I'm, in the, I'm the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground, made clay with his saliva. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which translated sent. 
and he went and washed and came back seeing. So we see here, it wasn't, the fact, it wasn't sin that brought the sickness, per se, on this man. It's just that we live in a world that's corrupt, and the enemy, the devil, is doing anything he can to try to take ground in people's lives. And so sometimes things happen, but see, God's, God's glory is to bring healing out of, out of the situation and not sickness. And in other words, Jesus' whole, the reason why he came here was to undo the works of the evil one. He's, he's reversing the curse in our lives. Jesus is all about reversing the curse. A key number two, we need to recognize that sickness and disease is an enemy and not a friend. Because, you know, sometimes we hear these testimonies. Oh, if I didn't get cancer, I wouldn't, you know, cancer changed my life. And I got close to God. And, God, and, and some of these people got healed. And, and, but they, they put cancer as it was almost like a gift from God. Have you ever heard those kind of testimonies? Like, I'm so glad I got cancer. Uh, I, I don't think I need God to give me cancer for me to start praying more or, or worshiping him or going to church. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying today? But sometimes we exalt the problem. We exalt the sickness. We, 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 we exalt it. And we don't want to exalt that. We want to exalt the healer. And sometimes when we are battling stuff... That's some of the things that we do is we tell people what we battle. You ever say that? Oh, man, I'm dealing with a sore throat. You know, we, 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 we exalt the sickness. Won't we exalt the word of God? Won't we exalt the promises of God's word? His promise over the problem. Why don't we exalt that? Why do we have a tendency to talk about? It's almost like we brag about our sickness. Has anybody ever been there? No, you don't have it as bad as I do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let me tell you how bad I have it. <laughs> we don't want to be bragging. Now, let's talk about how good God is. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes we like to brag about our pain. Okay. Does I, 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 anybody know what I'm talking about here? Is that just me? Amen. And so I like what it says in John 10.10. 10. It says, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy, but I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And I love this. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. I love the part that Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And so more abundance doesn't mean that you're sick. It means that you have an abundance of health. But right here he says that the thief, which he's talking about the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. So when I'm talking to you that sickness and disease is not your friend, it's your enemy, Jesus calls that, you know, the thief. It's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Sickness, disease, it steals, kills, and destroys. Amen. And so you gotta you, you gotta understand that 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 Jesus was totally against sickness. Amen. It says here in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing some. Thank you. All 
who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I love that scripture because one, one person, Smith Wigglesworth, that walked in, he was called an apostle of faith, and he raised, you know, documented 17 people from the dead. And, uh, and, and also he, he walked in divine uh, healing, and he, he, uh, he preached, and a lot of people got healed under his ministry. Um, you know, uh, he, he, he believed that sickness, that all sickness, that the devil was behind all sickness. And so he, he, he believed that it wasn't just organic, that the devil was really behind all sickness in nature. And I believe that. I believe that. So, so we got to get a revelation that if the devil's behind it, I don't want what the devil has. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Now, I don't want that. And so we got to get the revelation that, that Jesus uh, came and he set those that were oppressed, those that are oppressed, those that were sick, oppressed by the devil. He set them free. Amen. And so we got to get that revelation that sickness is not a friend, it's an enemy. And we have to treat it like an enemy. In other words, you can't coddle it. Amen. You can't pet it. you got to do everything you can to get rid of it. Amen. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? Number three, this is a, a really good key. you got to get fed up with disease, sickness, oppression. you got to get fed up with debt. you got to almost get angry. Amen. What is passion? You might ask, what is a, a, a passion is it, it, being passionate about something is, is hating what what you don't want in your life. Amen. You got you got to get uh, a virile hatred towards sickness. You got to get a virile hatred towards sin. You got to get a am I talking to anybody today? Amen. You got you got you got to hate it. Sometimes for you to move, you got to get to a point where you're done. Like Popeye said, I can stand, I can't stand all, what do he say? All I can't stand, I can't stand no more. That's it. And, uh, you know, Popeye would be being beat up by Bruno. And finally he has to, I don't know why he doesn't pull out that spinach before he gets beat up. But, you know, then he finally pulls out that can of spinach. All I can stand, I can't stand no more, you know. And you got to get to that point. All I can't stand, I can't stand no more. You know what I'm saying? Instead of pulling out your spinach, you pull out the Bible. You pull out the Word of God. Amen. Are you here? Anybody ever used to watch Popeye out here? Anybody eat spinach out? Okay, we won't go there. Oh, I can't stance. I can't stance no more. But then, then he will end up whipping up on, on Bluto or Brutus, depending on what, which segment you watch. Amen. And so, so we got to get fed up with disease and sickness and oppression. Um, uh, we, we need to uh, put our foot down and refuse to let it be a part of our lives. Don't tolerate sickness and sin or oppression of any kind in your life. So it's an intense hatred. Get passionate about not having it in your life. And when you get passionate, you're going to do some things that you don't normally do. You might start confessing the promises of healing over your life. Sometimes the, you, 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 lazy Christians 
aren't going to move forward in the kingdom of God. You can't be lazy spiritually and walk in the fullness of the blessings of God. No, you're going to have to get your eyes in the book. You're going to have to get your eyes on the word of God. You've got to get serious. Are you saying serious, Pastor? You've got to get serious about getting this stuff out of your life. I like what in Mark uh, 2, 1 and 12, I love this story. And this is a story of um, this one guy that's sick and he had four friends. And let's just start here and, and start on verse uh, 1 and work our way down in Mark 2, 1 through 12. It says, and again, he, talking about Jesus, entered Capernaum. And some days it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed in which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. Think about this. Uh, this man was uh, apparently paralyzed, and, uh, uh, and on a you know they they were carrying this man, and they and they heard about Jesus, and they heard about the miracles that Jesus was walking in. The people were getting healed, and they tried to get into Jesus's house, but it was so crowded they couldn't get in. And they and, and some of us would have said, well, I guess today's not the day for your healing. You know what I'm saying? But listen, we got to start thinking outside the box and we have to think, uh, how am I going to get to Jesus? And, you know, they thought outside the box and they went up on the roof. They had to get, you know, they had a, you know, uh, it was a, a difficult task for them to climb up that house, for them to rip up that roof. You know, that, that was pretty bold for them to do that. And, 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 you know, and as Jesus was preaching, his roof was being tore off. And then they, they lowered the man down in front of Jesus. And Jesus was impressed by their faith. Amen. He, you know, Jesus could have said, you're tearing up my roofs. <laughs> you know, he could have gone and said, no, he was just impressed that they were willing to do anything they could. Are you listening to what I'm saying? To, 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 to get to Jesus. They, they were fed up with their friend being paralyzed. They were fed up with the fact that their friend was hurting. They got tired of it. And they said, listen, today is your day because we're getting to Jesus. Just like this morning when you got up, you said, this is my day. I'm coming to church. I'm going to receive something from God. Glory to God. My faith is going to be built. Hallelujah. And I'm going to walk in greater faith. I'm going to get my healing today. I'm going to walk in greater love. I'm going to be more like Jesus. I know when you guys woke up, you were saying stuff like that. Hallelujah. And uh, like, oh, God, it's Sunday morning. I hope you aren't saying anything like that. Oh, God, we got to get up and go to church today. No, no, you get to go to church. You don't got to go. To, it's raining out. I don't know if we should go out today. It's raining. Oh, man, press through. We just, you know, the reason why some people don't get things from God is because they don't press through. You got to learn to press through until you break into 
the blessings of God. And this is really interesting that he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. Think about that. The first thing Jesus says, son, your sin. You know why he had to say that? Because they broke his roof. <laughs> I'm going to forgive you on this one. No, <laughs> your sin, you broke my roof. Okay, we'll keep moving. And, uh, but reason why he said that was because a lot of times we're in, the reason why we're, sometimes we're dealing with sickness is how we think. And if we've been walking in known sin, it can hinder us from believing that God wants to do anything for us. Oh, I'm preaching today. And so when he was lowered down, Jesus wanted to let him know that, that his slate was wiped clean. That, there's, uh, that, that Jesus wasn't holding anything against him. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying today? That Jesus, you know, was, was ready and willing to set him free. So he had to first be free of any condemnation. And if there's any condemnation working in our lives, it's going to be difficult for us to receive from God. In other words, look at your neighbor and say, get the condemnation out. You can't allow anything to, to, to hinder you, amen, from receiving from God. And, and, and so he had to get that condemnation out. And then, you know, the, the, you know some of the naysayers say, look, he's, you know, it's not right. He, who is this man that's trying to forgive sins? And some of those Pharisees were talking, you know, thinking in their hearts. And, um, and Jesus said, you know, just to let you know that I have power over uh, you know, sin, that I can forgive sin. You know, Jesus can forgive sin. Is that awesome? And so Jesus wasn't just a good man or a prophet. He's the son of God that could forgive sin, glory to God. And he forgave sin, glory to God. No other prophet ever said that or ever done that, glory to God. And, and then he said, just, just to prove to you that I have the power to forgive sin, he told that man to get up, and take up this mat and get out of the house because you tore up my roof. No, I'm not. I'm kidding. But, but the guy got up, glory to God. And the power of God raised him up. And when you get that condemnation out of your life, God's going to raise you up, glory to God. Listen, you're not under the law of sin and death. You're under the law of life in Christ Jesus. Man, you guys are thinking about that. You, you're under life. And, 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 and that life of God is inside of you. And wherever you go, you bring the life of God in any atmosphere you go in. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, oh well, in my soul. Spring up. Do you guys remember that one? Yes. <laughs> you got a, say, I got a river of life flowing out of me. You can change the atmosphere where you're at. You can change, you know, the atmosphere. Brother Hagen was traveling with his one minister that had diabetes, and he had always checked his blood. And Brother Hagen says, you won't have to, you, you, you won't register any sugar when you're around me. He said, when you're around me, you won't register any sugar. And the guy would check it. He would eat pie and stuff like that because he, he had to take insulin, and his sugar was always right. He said, wow, 
Why? Because Brother Hagin was walking in such faith that his faith was changing this guy's body. Think about that. Your faith can change other people. Your faith can change where other people go. Amen. Your, as in healing or, or, or sickness, your faith can determine what will happen to other people. Amen. And, and so why Brother Hagin was with this man, he didn't have to take any insulin. Isn't that powerful? Why? Because Brother Hagin walked in such faith and healing. And you got to get to a place in your life where you understand that you have the power of God that's resident on, and, the, and greater is he, greater is God's healing anointing that's in you than the sickness that's in others. Greater is God's healing power that's in you than the sickness that's trying to come on your body. You've got to get a revelation on that. The law of life in Christ Jesus has set you, not going to, has set you free from the law of sin and death. That's Romans 8.1. The law of life. You're walking under the law of life today. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And we got to get that revelation. Glory to God. Number four, we need to treat sickness and disease and infirmities. Uh, whatever it is, it, it, it's, it's equal uh, uh, in God's sight. In other words, a cold is, is just as easy to heal as cancer. No matter what level of sickness you may, it doesn't matter if it's stage four cancer, God can heal you as, as easy as he can heal a cold. And the enemy, what he tries to do is he tries to put fear in us. And whenever, whenever he gets fear operating on the inside, that opens the door for the enemy to work havoc in our lives. And we can't, we, you can't afford to walk in fear. You can't afford to walk in worry. You can't afford to walk in stress. Why? Because those are door openers for disease. You got to learn to cast your cares on the Lord. Don't worry. As somebody, remember that old saying, don't worry, be happy. I don't know what scripture that's found in. But don't worry. I think it used to be a reggae song or something. Don't worry, be happy. Right? We, you, you can't allow worry. You can't allow this stress. Man, it's just whatever you might be hit with, it's an opportunity for your faith to work on it. Amen. Amen. So we have to understand that, that there's, there's nothing that's too hard for God. Jeremiah 32, 26 to 27 says, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Is there anything too, really, is there anything too hard for God? Nothing. I like, I like what it says in uh, Luke 1, 35, 37. And this is the angel. He's, he's talking to Mary. Uh, and uh, he's talking to Mary about uh, her cousin Elizabeth. And he says, and it says here, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, also conceived a son in her old age. And, and now it's the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. I love that because 
uh, because God was doing miracles right then, a double miracle with Mary being, you know, a virgin and the Holy Spirit overshadowing her. And she, when she received the word of God, she, she was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Amen. An immaculate conception, glory to God. And she said, according to your word, let it be done unto me. And we got to be like that with Mary. Like what Mary said, we got to have that type of attitude. When we read the word, surely Jesus bore our sicknesses, carried our pains, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastening of our well-being fell upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. So be it in my life. The devil will talk to you. You know, the devil will talk to you and will start telling you, you're going to die. You're not going to live. This is going to take you out. Oh, you listen, the devil will talk to you. Whatever you, some of you may not have encountered a bad report. Some of you have. And some of you made it through. We, uh, we have a, a person in our congregation that was in, encountering cancer. And uh, the enemy was working on him. And, uh, and so he went through surgery. And, uh, but we prayed for him and God was uh, touching him. And, and he went and they did some exploratory surgery to take out what, what was cancerous in his body, but it was a lot less than what they thought. And, and they said, actually, it was healing up. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? And that person that went on surgery said, I shouldn't even went to surgery. <laughs> but but, but they, they made it through. But the devil was working on their mind. You're going to die. You're going to die. No, you're going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. See, whenever the enemy tells you you're going to die, that, that, great, then I'm getting to heaven. Hallelujah. Man, heaven's so much better. In other words, you can't worry about dying. You better start living. And the devil wants you to start worrying about, oh, I'm going to die. You know, can I give give you a little secret here this morning? We're all going to (laughs) die. But how are you going to live your life before you're dead? Hopefully you're going to live excited. Hopefully you're not going to be living, you're not going to be a miserable S, I won't bring the rest of them. I hope you're not going to be miserable. You know what I'm talking about? Live your life excited. Make every day like your last day on planet Earth. Why? Because life, if you want to enjoy life and have good days, keep your tongue from evil, from speaking deceit. Do good. Hallelujah. And, you know, the enemy just wants to crush your days. He wants you to have sorry days. But I'm going to have great days no matter what it looks like. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Don't let the enemy get under your skin, glory to God. So we, we need to understand that. So, so we, we see that nothing's too hard for God. We need to treat sickness. This is interesting. I, you know, it's interesting. We need to treat all sickness like a person. Now, this is from, uh, from uh, John G. Lake's notes and how he taught. And so as I understand that, uh, that, that a sickness has a personality and it has the ability to respond. You know, every sickness has those symptoms and that's its personality. It's what those symptoms gives the body. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? And so what we need to do is we need to understand that. And that comes to my sixth point. We need not to beg God for healing, but we need to command that sickness as if that sickness has ears and it hears us when we speak to it. And it has to go when we speak to that sickness. 
Listen, when Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves, the wind and the waves heard him. They obeyed him. When Jesus, are you, you listening to what I'm saying to you today? We need to be commanding and, 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 and instead of begging God for healing. When Jesus ever dealt with sickness, he spoke to it. He commanded it. Amen. When, when uh, the person in Mark 9, 17 uh, through 20, when the, when, when the guy had a kid that had, uh, the kid was, uh, he was, uh, had a demonic spirit attacking his body. And the kid had epilepsy and he would fall in fire and in the water. And, uh, and the other disciples could not cast out this demonic spirit. And Jesus cast him out with a word. And Jesus commanded, he rebuked the spirit. Many places in the Bible where Jesus healed, it would say he rebuked. And you need to re- start rebuking. You need to rebuke that headache. You need to rebuke that pain. You need, you need to be quick to rebuke it and not coddle it and say, oh, I wonder what it is. And when you start rebuking, you, it'd be amazed, you'd be amazed how quick these pains will leave. You'll be amazed uh, 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 that it will start obeying your commands. So you've got to get a revelation of that. Amen? And so, uh, number seven key, we need to speak to the problem, not to God about the problem. Instead of saying, God, you know, I'm dealing with this issue and I'm dealing with this. When are you going to come heal me? Uh, you know, listen, Jesus, God did all he's going to do for your healing 2,000 years ago. Amen. He paid the price. So you've got to get a revelation that the power of God is always resident to heal. It's always here. But we've got to get our faith not uh, in, in the past or the present. We've got to get our faith in the now. It's now faith that gets the job done. Now faith is the substance of things so forth. The evidence of things not seen. So we need to speak to the problem, not to God about the problem. You know, in Mark eleven twenty two and 23, it's a famous verse that Brother Hagin used to minister on quite often. And um, this is a powerful verse. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, because Jesus spoke to a tree and the tree heard Jesus. It was a fig tree and he spoke to it and he cursed the fig tree. So he cursed the fig tree. So obviously the fig tree had ears. <laughs> to hear. <laughs> the fig tree uh, it, uh, would obey, and then Jesus takes it to even a, a greater place in Mark eleven twenty two. He says, have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. For, uh, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain... Be removed, be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says, it will be done. He will have whatever he says. So you got to believe and not doubt. It doesn't matter how long you've been dealing with something. It doesn't matter how long it's been hanging out. It doesn't matter because you just keep speaking and you doubt not. And eventually you're going to see the blessing of healing in your life. You're gonna, you just got to keep pressing in. It may be a, you may be going through a process, but you can't keep going back and forth and saying, I'm speaking it, but it's not happening. 
I'm speaking, my, I'm speaking, but, but it seems to be getting worse. You can't be focusing on the symptoms. You've got to be focused on the promise. How, how did Abraham get through it? You know, that he was old, his wife was old, they were barren, and God said, you're going to have a child through Sarah, and it was an impossible situation. The Bible says that, that, that uh, Abraham did not stagger at the promises of God, but through faith kept giving glory to God, and God gave him Isaac. And much more kids, once Sarah, Sarah passed away, he, he, had an, he got another wife and got more kids. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, uh, uh, we got to get a revelation that, that God is with us and, and that we need to speak to the mountain. And as we speak to the mountain, it has to obey. Amen. And I'm telling you, you don't, don't stop speaking to it. Keep speaking to it. Keep speaking to it until it crumbles before you. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? It has to go. I'm telling you, sickness and disease is under the law of sin and death. And the law of life triumphs the sin and death law. Faith triumphs over fear. You've got to get your faith in gear so when the enemy attacks you, you attack back. You've got to learn to attack. When the enemy attacks you, you attack him with the word of God. Now, when we're walking around, we need to see people when they were, they're dealing with, with, with suffering and all this. We need to see people as, uh, as prisoners of war, oppressed prisoners of war. And you're called to be the hero in their life. I'm going to say again, we're called to set people free in their life. So whenever there's an opportunity, I want to encourage you to pray for people that are sick. Amen. I was uh, just uh, Thursday, you know, we had uh, a Thanksgiving dinner at my mom's house and my niece had pain in her knee. And, you know, it was automatic. Let me pray for you. Not because I'm a pastor. Well, that's what you do, pastor. You pray for people. No, we're all called to pray for people. We're all called to lay hands on. And I prayed for her and and. Uh, you know, I, I prayed. She was having problems with her knee. And I prayed for her. And, and, I, and, I, and I stood in agreement. And then I told her to move her knee. And, and what we need to do is, you know, we need to be aggressive in the healing. What, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, do you feel any pain? Yes, I still. Let's do it again. Let's. What? What, Pastor? What are you talking about? I'm saying that you've got to get aggressive. You can't just say, oh, you still a little bit of pain. Well, that's not good enough. Let's pray again in the name of Jesus. Why? What you're doing is you're standing and believing. See, Jesus prayed for a blind man twice. There was a place in the scriptures where Jesus prayed for a blind man. And he said, how do you see? He said, I see men like trees. And Jesus said, it's not good enough. He, in other words, Jesus wasn't interested in this man getting partially healed. He was interested in a full-blown healing. And, and when you're praying for people, don't give up. Keep praying. If, if they have the fortitude to stand there, keep doing it until the pain leaves. 
I remember I was praying for a lady that was dealing with some issue, and it was up here, it was years ago when she came up, when we do the prayer at the end of the service, and she said, I, 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 I still feel the pain. I said, that is a lie, and that came out of my mouth. That pain is nullified by the blood of Jesus and by the word of God. And I said, it has to go. And that pain left her. She ran around the room. Why? You've got to get serious. Man, I was so full of faith. And no, it, 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 it has to go. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It cannot stand up against the power of God. And you have the power of God resident on the inside of you. Do you believe that today? So we got to see people as a prisoners of war. And we are called to set the captives free. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? We need to, number nine, we need to live clean and stay clean. Pastor, what are you talking about? We need to, we need to live clean. What do I mean? Sometimes anybody work out here or, or, or diet, sometimes you hear, are you eating clean? <laughs> are you eating clean? What does that mean? You're not eating all that garbage, the donuts, the Twinkies, uh, the processed foods. Anybody eating clean in here? Well, you're going to start eating clean January when we do our three-week fast, glory to God. And you're going to get clean, hallelujah. And you're going to get rid of all the process. And we're going to see miracles in this church during our 21-day fast. Do you believe that? Glory to God. And I'm going to see people getting healed, getting clean, glory to God, and staying clean. You hear that about people that were on drugs that got free of drugs and they say, I've been clean for years. I've been clean for all these years. Right. That means that you haven't, you haven't went back into those things. Amen. And so we need to do that. How do you do that? You walk in the light. When you, to stay clean, you walk in the light as he is in the light. And the Bible says we have fellowship with one another. And what happens? The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. He cleanses us from all sin. Amen. And so I love that. So we need to stay clean. Glory to God. Especially if you're ministering healing. Because if you're ministering healing and they got a demon, that demon could tell off on you. All right. We'll keep moving. <laughs> you better stay clean. Say stay clean. Amen. Hallelujah. Number 10. This is another key. We need to stay humble. We need to stay humble in our walk. Don't get cocky because, you haven't, because you've been walking in health for years and you haven't had no problems. Amen. Well, I just must be special. Oh, yeah. Amen. Be careful about getting cocky about your health. Yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? No, no, you just you need to stay humble and not get in pride because, you know, uh, humility is the key to having optimal grace in your life. And pride is, is where God will shun the prideful, but he will give grace to the humble. Amen? We need to be aggressive in our faith. Number key, number 11. In other words, we need to submit to God, resist the devil, and the devil will flee. That's one of my favorite uh, verses, too. It's to submit to God, resist the devil, and he, what, what will happen? He'll flee. And the devil's behind most sickness. So whatever he's trying to put on your life, you submit to God. You, you get under his, God's authority. You resist. What does resist mean? You, you do everything you can to resist what the enemy's trying to do. 
I, I remember one preacher, he was getting, or, uh, getting uh, he was going to get ordinated, that, uh, he was going for ordination, and um, he was going to be prayed uh, and be ordained, and uh, he lifted up his uh, garage door and he pulled his back out, and he, his back was hurting. And so he believed in divine healing. So he did everything. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. Start trying to do push-ups. <laughs> everything. His back was in pain. But you know, within the, within the hour, every pain left him. Why? Because you got to do the opposite of what the devil is trying to stop you from doing. In other words, the devil put a pain in your foot. You go out walking. In Jesus' name. Jesus. 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 Oh, you hear what I'm saying? No, no, you don't want to allow the enemy to control you. You control him. You submit yourself to God. You resist the devil, and he has to flee. Amen? We need to accept responsibility for our life and for the life of other people. What do I mean by that? In 1 John 5, 18, it says, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but whoever has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. So we, we need to walk responsibly as a Christian. And so we, we, as we walk with God, we keep ourselves. In other words, we shun evil and we pursue goodness. Say shun evil. Pursue goodness. And so we shun it with all of our might. We don't sin. We, we, we fight against any temptation that will try to get us to do the wrong things. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And when Jesus set this one man free at the, uh, uh, that was at the pool of Shalom, uh, Shalom uh, he set that one man free. And uh, he came to that man later on and he said to that man, sin no more lest something worse come upon you. So once you get set free, you, you know, and you've been in the world, you get out of the world and start walking with God. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And the last key uh, is that um, you need to uh, know that God is with you, that God is for you, and, and God will help you. Know that God is, God is with you. The Bible says that Jesus' name is not just Jesus only. Jesus' name is also called Emmanuel. What is Emmanuel? God with us. God is with you today. And then God is uh, in you. God in us, the hope of glory. He's in us. God's with us. He's in us. And he's walking with us, glory to God. Know that the greater one is in you. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And as you get a revelation of that, that you got the power, you got the grace of God, you can even pray for yourself and, and, the, and, the, and, and whatever is attacking you can leave you. You can lay your hands on yourself. And start praying. And commanding your body to get in line with the word of God. Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you that you're raising this church up. And I thank you, Father God, that you're raising us to, to dominate over sin and sickness and poverty. And I thank you, Father God, that you're raising this church up to be a healthy, a whole church and a church that sets the captives free. And I thank you, Father God, that you're moving by your spirit. And I thank you for those precious people here and those that are watching. And perhaps uh, you, you don't know 
uh, if you died today, you'd make it to heaven. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And, free, and you can partake of God's blessing of eternal life. So, th- so if you're ready to move forward and to receive Christ today, just say this simple prayer after me. And I believe you'll get born again. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. I'm turning my back on sin, Satan, and the world, and I'm turning fully to you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that... We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.